everyone. This is episode 695 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, November 22nd, 2019. I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about Sparklight, Blue Kid 2, that is Blue B-L-O-O, football game. That's right, football game, and that's football game, F-O-O-T-B-A-L-L-G-A-M-E. I almost forgot it now there. Welcome to Spelling with Marcus Nez. The, the person who can't spell even football. But I wanted to make a joke about how there are two O's in football and blue. Uh, but it is a, a game called Football Game that isn't about football and woven. And, uh, and that, that's it. And in terms of what I've been playing, those are the games I've been playing. But there is a bit of news that's happened since the last episode. I mean, there's always a little bit of news or a lot of bit of news. I think I've said that before in an episode. But, um... There's been some big news since the last episode, probably the biggest being the announcement of Half-Life Alex, which is a prequel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the hell I was going to say there. I was trying to think of the word prequel, but I was like, Pre- what? Is it it's a pretty game? Is it a protagonist game? It's a, it's a prequel to Half-Life 2, a VR exclusive prequel where you play as Alex from Half-Life. If you've never played Half-Life. Was she in the, the first game? I don't know. I've only played Half-Life 2 in the following episodes. And I wasn't all that excited when they were talking about this announcement. When there were rumblings and then they announced that there would be an announcement. I don't know how it all played out. But I wasn't... <laughs> I can't talk. This is a weird things coming out of my mouth. Um, but I wasn't all that excited because... I enjoyed my time with Half-Life 2 and the and the following episodes. I thought uh, episode 1 wasn't all that great, but I thought Half-Life had a very strong finish, and so did uh, episode 2. But I would put many first-person shooters, first-person games, above the Half-Life series for me. Uh, I would like to play Half-Life 1 at some point, but... I'm still waiting for Black Mesa to finish, which I believe still isn't the case. If it is already finished, then I might check that out, though. I'm still not super fond on playing games on my PC anymore, but in the cases where there is no other option, I guess I can do that. I do still have a Steam Link, which I got for like $5. That's what those things are called, right? Uh, when GameStop was selling them for super cheap for however long ago. So I could hook that up. For the, the rare occasion I want to play a PC game and want to play it on my TV. But um, I wasn't excited about this game and I'm still not indifferent. But <laughs> I watched the trailer and I thought to myself after watching it, Oh boy, this looks really good. I want to play this. But then I said to myself, I don't care about VR I don't have a VR headset for PC. I'm not going to buy one just for this game. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. Um, so I am hoping they've left it open for a, a potential future non-VR version to be released. But for the time being, it's going to be VR only. It is nice that you know, it's coming from Valve uh, and they have their own headset, which is the Valve Index or something. I don't know what the hell it's called. But um it will work with Windows Mixed Reality headsets, Oculus Rift, whatever other headsets are out there. Vive, is that the Valve one? Is Valve Vive? I don't know. Um, but um, Or is Valve Vive the cheap one and then the index is like the $1,000 one they have? Uh, I don't 
I don't know anything about VR because my experience with VR is PlayStation VR and also I haven't really been wowed by VR. Uh, I never mentioned this, but maybe it was a month ago or whatever when it was on sale for 50% off, I think. I double dipped and purchased Ace Combat 7. It was 30 bucks, and I bought it exclusively for the VR missions. Uh, and I bought it because I share my account or game share whatever with my father, who is who I gave the PlayStation VR unit to. And he enjoys VR, uh, definitely more than me. And the thing he, like, if he could have done anything in his life, he would have been just uh, ecstatic to have been a pilot. You know, he, he was drafted. If he ended up being a pilot when he was drafted, he would have lost his mind. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't trust him behind the... It's not a wheel, but the the joystick or the whatever you call it of a of a airplane. But I wanted to give him that experience, so I, I picked up Ace Combat Seven, and then I tried it out as well, and, and so did he. And we were both underwhelmed. I played it for maybe like a half hour. Didn't make me sick or anything. I was fine with that in that in that sense. But it just really didn't do anything for me. I, I looked around I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. I didn't feel the sense of speed or anything, and it was kind of boring, um, which was disappointing. For me, the, the top-tier VR experience is still Wipeout, the Omega Collection, because I think, one, it looks the best on the low-res screen of the PlayStation VR. It plays incredibly well. I mean, it's Wipeout, so it just it feels great. The environments look real nice. It just, it's a beautiful VR game that is super fun to play. Uh, and it uses, like, any game that uses the PlayStation Move, wands, or whatever the hell you want to call them, I'm not overly fond of because I think the tracking isn't that great. I really like Super Hot VR, what I've played of it, but I would ha I, I'd constantly have to reset one of my arms because it would lose track every time I either like died or started a new level. I don't know. It may, it may have been both or just one or the other, but it was a real pain in the ass having to do that, having to reset my arm every single friggin' time. Um, so I, I, and I, and there are other games that I play that the move controllers just don't, they don't cooperate at all, even for a brief moment. So yeah, VR is just not something I'm into. Um, and I hope that Half-Life Alex comes out on non-VR platforms uh, and including consoles. I hope it's not just a PC experience, but um, we shall see. It looks very good. Uh, it's also a little annoying that I think some of the Campo Santo folk are working on this game to some extent, and they changed their bio, their Twitter bios recently to remove any mention of In the Valley of the Gods or whatever the title of their their latest game was which is probably canceled at this point which is just kind of sad uh but oh well uh i, I kind of hate val for killing idle thumbs uh which i just adored as my favorite podcast and now idle thumbs and uh what was the other i can't I mean, important if true i was gonna say rat like it's not irrational that's the name of that studio and they have a decent podcast when sean Elliott was there but um yeah so that happen and also i just found out a few hours ago that apparently there are rumors uh, that the sources are they i don't know how credible they are but it 
makes sense anyway. So it's it's something that like, okay, even if nobody's talking about this, or even if the, the sources may not be that credible, it's something I still believe to be true, and I want to be true, but apparently a remake of Resident Evil 3 Nemesis is rumored to be coming out next year, which is very, very, very exciting if true. Of course, they are working on Project Resistance, which they announced at TGS or somewhere else. But um, Project Resistance looks like it's something that probably didn't take all that long to put together. I could be wrong. I, I don't want to diminish the, the quality of that game or how much work has been put into it. But it looks more like a little side project. It looks like the Mercenaries mode in other Resident Evil games. Um, you know, not like Mercenaries mode, but like to that level of scope. Uh, so if they are, in fact, working on Resident Evil 3 Nemesis uh, Remake and it, that it's going to be coming out in 2020, I'm so, I'm so excited because that's the one game. Like, I want to play the Resident Evil games in order, but the one game I think would be the hardest to go back to because it definitely, I mean, visually it's going to age the worst is Resident Evil 3 because it's only been on PlayStation and Dreamcast. I guess Dreamcast, I think it may have came out on GameCube as well. So that the Dreamcast, the GameCube version may be the best, but even still, I'd like to play it all, all fancy-like. Um, and then there's Code Veronica and of course, four, five, six, um, seven. So I, I'm excited for that to become official at some point. But I just want to put that out there because I adore Resident Evil 2. It's my second favorite game of the year, though it's higher than my first game overall, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But my, my game of the year is it's Apex. It can't not be Apex. But um, that is it in terms of news. But before I get to the games I have been playing, I also want to talk about my Xbox. So... I have an Xbox One X and it's been running a bit sluggish and last night or just yesterday in general, it got to a point where I couldn't uninstall anything and I don't know if I like just screwed up with the X's brain when I removed one hard drive. I'm like, what? It's just running so sluggish. Um, trying to navigate things like this is just becoming a bit of a mess and, and I ended up having to do a, a full factory reset. Um and everything's running real smooth now. <laughs> and it has part of me thinking, oh, I don't have to do what I'm doing. But what this made me think to do is that I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games installed. Uh, do I have thousands of games installed? Or do I have over a thousand games installed? Maybe. Um, including over 500 backward compatible games. <laughs> and it got me thinking, you know, Maybe this is part of why my console's running a bit slow. You know, I, I don't know the work. Like, I, I don't know how computers and all these things work. I'm not a hardware person. But I, I'm wondering, you know, does it... Like, how often does the Xbox check a game for updates? And if it's checking it every hour or whatever, like, the fact that it would constantly check all these games that I have installed to see if they have an update, I'm sure that does something and I decided that I don't need to have three external hard drives hooked up to my machine I don't need to have so many games installed just in case because that's crazy I'm crazy I know that I'm I'm crazy 
I'm weird. I'm dumb in a lot of ways. And I am perfectly happy with that. I I'm real cool with being my weird self. I, I'm very happy with that. But I know there are some things that are just dumb to an extreme extent that I should just nick in the butt or whatever. Um, and, and things that would benefit me mentally uh, remove a bit of stress. It's not that So the reason why I, I've opted to uninstall a bunch of games, even though doing the factory reset seems to have resolved any issues with that, is that I don't need to have all these games just in case. It, it's overwhelming. There are times where I'm looking like, what do I want to play? And then I'm just looking at all these things. I'm like, I, I don't I don't know what the hell to play because there's so much shit here. And this would also help with the the ability to like attack the backlog and just stick with games because I won't have the temptation of something already installed to just mess around with because I'm like, oh, what do I want to do now or whatever. But it, it just came to the point where I'm looking at myself too and I'm like, I have Unravel 2 or I have Unravel 1 and 2 installed. I've not played Unravel 1. Why do I have Unravel 2 <laughs> installed when I have to play through the first one before I can even play through the second one. It's just, that's dumb. Why do I have, you know, this many games? But why do I have these games that are like, I am cool keeping games that are kind of never ending to some extent. It's like roguelikes that I really like or, 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 or similar games. But narrative based games, games that have a very specific beginning, middle and end. If I'm not playing them, they don't need to be installed. So, I'm I'm still debating if I'm just going to do one or two hard drives because I have a hard drive that is just backward compatible games and free to play games, which is like a dumb on my end as well. Like, am I going to play all these 360 games? No, it's like, oh, why not have them all installed? Because I have them and they can all fit on a hard drive. Why do I? You know, I'm not going to play the majority of these free to play games, but they're free, and if I feel inclined to play them, there they are. I mean, I'm a fucking weirdo that I don't I don't play Paladins or Smite or Warframe or Fortnite, but I log into every single one of them each day just to get my daily whatever. I've got like 375 days of being logged in in Warframe and like I don't know four or five hundred in Fortnite or something. I've earned, and this isn't counting this the amount I've spent on things during. Uh, deal whatever's when um save the world was the only mode but i have like eight thousand coin things in fortnite which i think is good for eight season passes that i've earned just because i've gotten them through daily bonus things or whatever but um yeah it's just something that i i i've been doing i'm i'm deleting them one at a time i'm not just clearing a hard drive and then going to download what i want but um yeah it's, it's pretty freeing to just look at these games and like, why is this installed? And just click on install. It's a little tedious. It would be nice if you could like select a bunch and then uninstall them all at once instead of having to go, you know, uninstall. And it's like, yeah, do you, are you sure you want to uninstall this? And I'm like, yes, I want to uninstall it. Uh, you know, it adds an extra step that is a little bit annoying. Um, I also hate the fact that you can't remove certain things from your purchase history or whatever like every single beta and demo that i've downloaded i hate the fact that they're still in my inventory 
so that they're in my install list. And people will probably say, well, you can just hide it from the list. That's true. But every time you get a new console or you do a factory reset or whatever, which of course is not something you would do on a regular basis, you have to rehide all that shit. It's not like based on your account or whatever. It's like, okay, but remember that this person's account has hidden this stuff across all versions of consoles they'll ever be on. No, it's just, you know, it's it's locked to that console's memory or whatever. But that's enough about all this crap because I have things to talk about in terms of what I've been playing. And the first game I'm going to talk about is Sparklight, which is the game you are seeing if you're watching the video version of this here episode. Uh, I'm, n- I'm not switching things up and adding video for each game I talk about in part because... While I like doing that, it's it's pretty time-consuming. It's more time-consuming than I really have to give to this. Because, again, don't forget, Pixelated Sausage, just something I do for fun. It's something I do because I love doing it, but it doesn't pay the bills. Um, but Sparklight is a game you're seeing me play, if you're watching the video version. And tell me if you've heard this before. It's a roguelite with pixel art that looks and plays kind of like Zelda. Have you heard that before? Oh, not to be negative. Because I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Fork Fortnite. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, Sparklight. You know, I, I wonder, too, if if Sparklight was more of a roguelike instead of a roguelike, because you can carry over and earn things that will make you stronger or whatever. Would they have called it Sparklike? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's funny, right? Oh, God. Uh, but Sparklight is a lot of fun. I've put um, like three hours into it so far. And I'm really, really, really enjoying it. It looks great. Uh, you know, don't let, oh, it's just another pixel art game or whatever. Uh, turn you away. Or, I mean, for a lot of people, that is something that's like, oh, it's another pixel art game. Yes, sign me up. Um... But what I like about it is that in the grand scheme of rogue-like light games, Souls-esque games, it is way more forgiving. It's a much easier game. It's a great introductory to that type of game. I think it also has co-op, which is really nice. And the way it all works is that you are this young girl who is on this like airship and it gets destroyed or breaks down or whatever. You fall and then you end up in this world. You go around attacking some enemies and blah, blah, blah. You go through the tutorial. You'll eventually come across the boss, which will probably kick your ass the first time when you just don't know exactly what's going on. Then you wake up on this big airship in the sky and a woman will tell you about you know some of the things that are going on. And then you just go through the whole process of going back into the world, getting these little nugget things, these little orbs that will allow you to improve your character and improve the base, the the, the ship that uh, you live on at this point. And it, it feels really good. Um, the upgrade system works in the sense that you have a certain number of slots. You start off with nine slots. And then you will have certain little badges or whatever that you can put into these different slots some will take up more than one slot some might take four slots some might take two and they'll be in different positions and you have to navigate your little inventory thing like 
uh, a Resident Evil game where you have to make them fit um, and you might have to move things around. Um, and you go through the game fighting enemies. You'll come across little like dungeons where you can discover new items that you can use to help you explore the world and unlock new things and get to new areas like a bow that allow you to shoot things from a distance, a remote control missile blimp type thing that allows you to navigate around corners and stuff like that to uh, activate stuff. Um, you have a, a, a ability or you'll get a, a device that will give you the ability to shrink down and go into pipes and reach new areas. And there are, I believe, four bosses that you have to defeat in four different areas that will then unlock a door to a new uh, big bad. I'm assuming I haven't opened that door just yet. But um, I like it. It's a lot of fun. It's The thing I like about it, difficulty-wise, as I mentioned earlier, that it's on the easier side is that it feels like a game that if I took my time, was patient, and paid attention to everything, that I could beat it right away. That it's not a game that gets you to a point and then just destroys you. And it's like practically, if not impossible, to progress until you do a bit of grinding to improve your character and increase your strength, health, etc. Like that. It feels like a game that, you know, you have everything you need right from the start. And you are as capable as you will ever need to be in order to beat the entire game. Uh, maybe that's not true. But that's the sense I get because while I was beaten by the boss the first time when I just like going through the tutorial, the second time I, I found their area, I beat them without much issue. It, it took patience, uh, but I, I discovered the pattern very early on and it was easy to navigate the space and just... I whooped them, and it felt really good. It was really satisfying, and and I like that in games like this. I I really hate Souls S games, roguelite like games that are that that force you to grind a bunch. You know, I am somebody who enjoys grinding. Like in the Souls games, I will grind because I, I like that and, and getting overpowered. But I I don't like it when I feel like I need to do that. If it's some, if it's a choice, fine. That's my choice to make. But if it's an obligation, then I get annoyed, uh, and I, I don't feel like grinding for the currency in order to upgrade and and purchase more upgrades is required. Um, you can purchase shops with the currency as well in the the uh, main base. And you'll be able to upgrade these places so that you'll be able to improve things like the the, the medical bay where you wake up every time and can um, attach these little things to your, your person so that you can become stronger and get more health and etc. You can improve that so that you'll have more slots so that you can equip more things that you'll be able to combine stuff so that a half heart thing that takes up one space you can combine two of those and make a half heart or a quarter heart you combine two of those to get a half heart and stuff like that. I, I i just i really like it i think it's super fun it's really pretty it's addictive and i'm digging it story-wise who cares but um i like it quite a bit blue kid 2 is a platformer which 
is really simple. Not a fan of the way it looks at all. But in, in terms of the platforming, it feels pretty damn good. The thing I like about it is it's really simple. I don't have that much to say about it. But what I like about it is that you can get into a really nice flow state in that you have a double jump in the game and with a majority of the enemies, there are some that will hurt you, I think, if you land on top of them. But you can jump on top of them to kill them like in a lot of platformers. And what I like is that when you jump on top of an enemy, that will reset your double jump counter. And you can get into these nice flow states where you're just in a rhythm and you're chaining double jump after double jump after double jump after double jump and i got into somewhere i maybe did like six seven in a row and it felt so good um it, it was some of the best platforming i i felt in a while uh, i mean if, if not for that it would be really just basic it would be fine but i think having that in there makes it feel really good uh, and, and with platformers like i said it like it looks bad, but for platformers, it's it's more about the feel than the look. A platformer could look amazing, but if the jump feels like shit, huh, doesn't matter. I like I like the look of Little Big Planet. I like that aesthetic. But guess what? Little Big Planet, one of the worst platformers in the world. That that game feels like shit. But this isn't about Little Big Planet. Football game is a point-and-click adventure game that immediately looks. Uh, or, or my immediate impression when I played it was that ooh, this is this is ugly. It looks kind of fuzzy. I didn't mean to rhyme ugly and fuzzy. They kind of rhyme, not exactly, but they kind of do. Um, but it looks like a game that was designed for my phone that was ported to a console and then blown up on the screen. And it looks it. It just it doesn't look that great. It's very very fuzzy, and I'm I'm not overly fond of that. And then it's a it's a point and click adventure where you play a. a guy in high school who is trying to get to the football game in order to meet his his girl and i just I, like i don't like the look of it i don't really give a shit about this story i don't like the way it works there's no music in it like after maybe 20 minutes they finally added some ambient sound but it was it was almost mute for a good bit of the introduction which was annoying uh, i think the main menu had music but then the game itself was just like oh we're not giving you anything but uh i i think it's a bit cumbersome to play in that there's no like there's so many buttons on the controller that don't do jack shit and to access your inventory you have to scroll the cursor up to the top of the screen i'm playing this on xbox one and that will bring down your inventory and then you can click the item i would much rather have an inventory button give me a dedicated inventory button i feel like that's just standard in point and click adventures maybe i'm wrong but i would rather have that because that'd be easier to navigate there like just i bring up the menu and then i move with the left analog stick or the d-pad just pick what i want um because the cursor doesn't move that fast um but yeah it's a game that you'd play if you want some easy achievements that's pretty much the only reason to play it uh, and then the last game I played is Woven, which is a adventure game. I, I don't know how to describe this game because adventure makes me think that people would assume something like a point and click adventure game, but maybe like uh, a telltale game, like a walking dead or something. But it, 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 
it's like a platformer except you can't jump it's like ukulele or banjo or any of those type of games you just can't jump it looks like those and it looks like a game where you should be able to jump but you can't jump you play in the beginning as an elephant but you can change your appearance to different animals like a pig and i don't know an aardvark or something and you have a few abilities you can stomp your foot which can make trees fall down and open up pathways to new areas you can push blocks to open areas i pushed a block that opened an area that was already open to me i don't know why the hell i pushed it but i did um and the shtick of it aesthetic wise is that it's a it's a woven world so you're made of fabric the world's made of fabric you can use your little robot buddy to scan new fabric and then you can attach that to yourself which is whatever and yeah it's it's very basic seems like it's probably intended towards kids but like the thing that bugged the shit on me about it is that there's a lot of points in the game where it might tell you about the game uh, give you some information about what you have to do or, or about this new thing or maybe it'll just pause and tell you about this area or whatever and you can't skip any of that uh you can't even like fast forward it or anything when the narrator or whatever's talking and there are times where after the narrator stops talking they'll just kind of pause or the the thing will keep going where you can't do anything you just have to wait like i feel like i'm wasting a lot of time just sitting there waiting to get control a lot because it would just it would constantly take away control and this is just the beginning of course i played it for like an hour or whatever and i'm like just let me play this freaking game um you come across these stations that allow you to unlock new blueprints for different uh, animal costumes. It just wasn't all that exciting or very interesting. It wasn't fun to play. It's just like, eh, okay. This is a game, but it's not a particularly fun one. But, uh, that, is, that is pretty much it for, for what I've been playing. Like I said... Sparklight is very good. I highly recommend it. I haven't gotten a chance to try the co-op, uh, but I, I would like to check that out. But it, it's very, very good. Local co-op local co only. Um, I have finished Little Nightmares as part of the Attack the Backlog thing, which will be interesting to write the script because I already wrote it, but now I'm going to rewrite it because I didn't. I wasn't feeling it when I originally wrote it, and it's just it's one of those games that I enjoyed, but I didn't love it or anything. It's a good not great game a game that's just fine that i would never go out of my way to recommend to anyone i wouldn't be like oh man this there's this game's really special it's a game that if somebody came up to me and said hey mark you ever play this little nightmares game it looks kind of cool should i play it i'd, I'd say yeah so it's not bad it's all right <laughs> and that would be the end of it uh it's not a game that makes a strong impression for me um but you know i liked it it's just I don't know what the hell to say about it. So th those are always the toughest games. It's, it's easy to write slash talk about something that you love or hate. But those things that are just kind of indifferent about, those are always the toughest. Like with uh, The Last Guardian, writing the script for that and recording it, whew, I have yet, like that is by far to date the best it's ever been for me in terms of writing and reading the script. Like I, I felt so good with it. it it's far from perfect but it, it's a step in the right direction definitely so i'm excited about 
editing that episode together with the video and, and excited to see well i'm not exactly excited to see the response to it because on the last episode of this podcast someone responded a fucking giant comment of like oh you're just i i, I didn't really read it because i just looked at them like oh they're just telling me how to play the last garden or whatever like making it so that like oh i i was doing something wrong that's why the last garden wasn't good for me because it was it was my fault get out of here but uh yeah that, that's that's it and that's also that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage podcast since the next episode won't be until after thanksgiving happy thanksgiving everyone hope you find some good black friday deals and all that jazz the xbox live black friday deals are live early for gold and ultimate uh, game pass ultimate members and I was super excited to see that the game I've been hoping would be on sale. It, it was on sale for even more than I thought it was going to be. Uh, that is One Piece World Seeker, of course. 60% off. Bought the Deluxe Edition without question. Immediately. Didn't even have to think about it. And I, I think I might buy Control as well. But uh, there, there's some good stuff in there. All the Konami collections are 50% off, so they're all $10. Um, and there are a few other ones. But overall, I, I didn't see as much as I thought thought i might see i guess but um yeah the one game i was hoping for was there for a very good discount so i'm a happy camper but uh, again that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i'm your host mark Krishnez. y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sauces the site is of course pixelated sausage.com where you can find this podcast the pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog which are all available on podcast services across the globe like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them both there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely wonderful weekend. And if you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you have the happiest Thanksgiving you've ever had. Bye-bye.